Hey, welcome to Transform Pain to Power, the podcast about what it really takes to resolve pain and the simple, unconventional yet proven techniques to get you there most quickly. Listen in for high-level creative conversation to inspire you to engage with the life that you want in a body that you love. Welcome to episode 55. I'm your host, mind body coach and pain relief specialist, Molly Jager. Hi, welcome to the podcast. How are you this week? I am on vacation this week. I am on vacation and I pre-recorded this podcast, which is huge for me. (sighs) I'm relaxing somewhere or hoping that I'm relaxing somewhere. in South Oregon near Sisters, which is a beautiful place to be. I hope that wherever this podcast finds you this week, that you're in a good place. And if not, that's okay too. And I'm glad you're here either way. This week on the podcast, I'm going to talk about pain and power, which is kind of relevant considering that this podcast is called Transform Pain to Power. I'm going to talk about what it even means, what what the relationship is, and how to find that source of power in yourself and utilize it, and why it's so important. So I hemmed and hawed for a long time when I first thought about the title of this podcast because I'm such a literal person that it's like, well, that's what, what it's about. That's what it is. But I also think that that term or idea, transform pain to power, is really easy to misunderstand. And even the term power can be really easy to misunderstand. And, or at least the way that I'm using it and talking about it. Okay, let's just be clear. There are lots of different people in the world who may use that word in a different way. And, you know, I have an interpretation that is meaningful in the context of pain relief that I'm going to share with you today and hopefully clear up any misunderstanding around that. So not only is it relevant to this podcast, it's important and relevant to your process, to your pain relief journey. So let me first start by clearing up or clarifying what it is I mean when I say power. So first of all, let me talk about it in terms of what it is not. The kind of power that I'm talking about is not forceful, willful, or controlling. It is not tight or hard or limiting. It is, it is open, spacious, and abiding. It is flexible. It is soft. It is full of compassion and awareness. The kind of power that I'm talking about has space and availability for any experience because it cannot be threatened by any passing emotion or sensation or circumstance. The kind of power that I'm talking about is somewhere 
inside your body. There is a way to link into this experience of power in an embodied somatic way. And so therefore, it is also a sensation. It is not a thought or an idea in its uh, actual lived experience. It is something that you feel in your body. It is also not something that ever goes away or disappears. It's always there. It's just that we often lose touch with it, sometimes for many, many years or decades. And even when we come back into connection with it, we can still lose touch with it from time to time very easily. And we can still reconnect with it from time to time as we need to or want to. The reason that power and pain are so important is that pain feeds on weakness. I'll tell you why. Pain feeds on weakness because pain that's persistent, that is chronic, and symptoms that are in this mind-body category exist from fear, from a sense of helplessness. When our sense of helplessness and fear grows, pain grows because when we feel helpless, we feel uh, in a state of threat. When we feel afraid and scared, our threat levels are high. Our perception of threat will be greater will be more frequent and pain is a response to a sense of threat and yet when you feel powerful that gives you agency and the threat is potentially less it shifts your brain it shifts your brain and what your brain does what chemicals get released into your system in the face of a threat if you have a sense of power you go into more of a problem-solving activation mode. How can I successfully move through this sense of threat and come out the other side alive? That's what your brain does. So one response to threat is more like a, a, a flight or freeze mode, right? So the sense of helplessness and being without power In that instance, what can you do but freeze or flee? Those are your options. But a sense of power allows you to organize around the idea of bite. Now, I want to be clear here because I also talk about how we don't want to fight our body and fight our symptoms and go to war with ourselves. So it's not so much about that idea, this word that I'm using now, fight, but rather to fight in the sense of stand up for yourself. Fight in the sense of stand tall and connected to your capacity to move through difficult challenging moments or difficult things or scary feelings, right? The kind of this is hard and 
I have what I need to do it. I have the capacity within me to do this hard thing. That's a very different frame or a very different orientation than this is hard and I can't deal with it, right? A couple of episodes back, I talked about uh, Do Hard Things by Steve Magnus. And in the episodes, I talk about how he explains these two different stress responses and how they lead people in completely different directions. So you can, you know, head back a couple of episodes and check out that, uh, check out that information or pick up the book. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. So hopefully that's enough of an explanation for you to see the value of power in the context of or having access to your own power in the context of your pain relief journey in this mind-body frame. And one of the things that happens is that through our process for many of us of trying to treat our symptoms, figure out what's wrong, get help, we end up being disempowered. We are already vulnerable to being disempowered. We perhaps just because we have symptoms that might be something that is present in our lives before we ever have symptoms that we've already lost sense of our power years and years ago and we feel already helpless in many ways in our life and then that starts to show up as symptoms so that might it might be for many of us that we're already kind of prone to being further disempowered or to playing into that dynamic completely unintentionally we're just trying to get some help <laughs> we're just trying to find people who can support us but ironically one of the things that can happen kind of as a side effect is that we become further disempowered in our situation and we become patients right what when you think of the idea that or the kind of imagery around the word patient as a medical patient what kinds of things come to your mind what kinds of things spring into your imagination for me it's kind of this person standing there alone and they're ill they're ill in my mind they're they're a little bit helpless i don't know might be an interesting exercise for you to explore for yourself when you think of the word patient what do you think of what kinds of imagery show up for you And as you check in with that, explore that idea, also ask yourself, do I want to associate myself with that imagery, with that idea and the connotation that comes with this word patient? And your answer might be no. Most people, I think, don't want to be a patient on one level, but on another level, they do. Because so many of us just want to be taken care of, right? How nice does that sound? To just show up and somebody says, Oh, I can do everything you need to make you feel all better. (laughs) It's like, that's what all of us, we would love it. We would love it. I would love it. There's a part of us that just wants to be taken care of by somebody. And that's totally normal and it's okay. So it's important to acknowledge that that's a part of this 
picture if if it is for you and also recognize has that happened for you just kind of check it out has it been the uh, my experience that people have just taken care of things for me when i've given my power up to them when i've given over my relief to other people what has been the result of that what has been my experience and it might be that at times it has been been beneficial for you for example if you have a massage therapist that you love and when you lie down on their table for that period of time you feel totally looked after and taken care of and in exactly the way that you want and that's great and it is a wonderful or can be a wonderful part of your healing journey if you are aware that it is a part of your healing journey and that you are choosing it on purpose right you're choosing it for a reason not because you need it and you can't survive without it but because you choose it because it's nice you like it you like the effect of being there in that space and the after effect that it gives you not because you need it right that's a kind of different a different route that if your massage therapist wasn't there one day you could still survive you could still live your life and do what you need to do create what you need to create that the power in that situation is still in your hands and the same goes for anybody else that you're working with that is supporting you in your journey if you're working with any specialists or experts or healers whatever you want to call the person that you're working with they're supporting you and you're choosing them and you're the expert in your own mind and body you bring a level of expertise to the table they bring their expertise and their experience and their knowledge and you bring your expertise in your own body in your own life and your knowledge and everything that you bring to the table so the people that you're working with are more like partners right in your journey in a sense working for you helping you not doing it for you but the way that you orient towards people that are helping you and your own experience is a subtle shift it's a big shift but it can be subtle in yourself and it can make all the difference and it's something that perhaps over time you build rather than something that you you know click into place all at once that over a period of time you build toward operating more from this place of power in yourself than perhaps you have previously and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that this is a women's issue big time it is known that more women experience chronic pain than men yes there are many many men millions of them who experience chronic pain millions of men who struggle to be powerful and have connection to a powerful uh, source in themselves. Okay, it's not solely a women's issue, but there are uh, an overabundance of women 
who experience chronic pain issues and who are also, who have been socialized to not be powerful in themselves, to be weak, to be complacent, to be pleasing to other people, to be nice, to be heard or seen and not heard. So many of us have a lifetime of being disempowered every single day in invisible ways, right? Not because anybody is intending to do that. That's just the society that we live in and the way that things work at this time for many, many people. And so power in and of itself can be a challenging thing for women to relate to. What do you mean when you say power? What does that look like? What does that feel like? And it can be very difficult for many of us to engage with because it's so unfamiliar and because we've been so trained to not access our power, right? To submit to people around us and to be weak within ourselves. It's almost like we have to train ourselves that it's safe to be powerful, that it's safe to have access to that part of our nature. And certainly having a person to advocate for you in a health situation is a thing because it's very hard to speak up to somebody in that context. It's very hard to advocate for yourself in the context of being a patient. Even though somebody is there to support you, we still feel that we have to kind of you know, bow down and be considerate of their time. And, you know, we place all of these things ahead of uh, ahead of the line in terms of what's important above and beyond our health, right? We place all these things ahead. It's not that we're rude or we don't want to be considerate. It's just that we uh, we value those things first because that's what we've been taught. And we've been taught to devalue our own health in relation to, you know, in the, in the context, in these situations where we feel like speaking up would be rude, right? <laughs> so that's a real thing that a lot of women face, that it's hard for us. It's hard. We're not used to it. It feels unsafe. It feels rude. It feels like, you know, we're doing something that people won't like and we want people to like us, right? For a lot of women, that's present. So one thing that can really help is to anchor into this sensation of power, this power as more of a visceral experience rather than an idea that you have to execute uh, by will or force, right? So that you're kind of anchoring into something that is more on an energetic plane. And I say energetic because it's subtle. So there is a physical component, an emotional component, and an energetic component. One way to think about it is through the lens of martial arts. If any of you have ever done Qigong or Tai Chi or studied Reiki or I studied Shiatsu um, or been given Shiatsu or even like even if you haven't done those things formally or exactly, but you've kind of gleaned from the these different traditions or, or modalities, some kind of sense of power 
source at the center of your body, somewhere kind of in the depths of your abdomen, in this area of your pelvis, or somewhere in that region, this kind of life force energy, this kind of vitality, right? If you have some experience of that or some awareness of that, you're starting to approach the idea of power on this more energetic level. Another example that you might be familiar with is singing or acting or any situation where you needed to project your voice and how in order to do that sourcing and how in order to do that well and easily sourcing that power at the center of your abdomen somewhere down below allows you to speak out, to sing loudly and fully without straining your throat right? Same idea, same idea, this kind of energetic power source and which is also has a physical uh, presence that you can feel in your body, that you can cultivate, that you can uh, nourish, that you can practice and bring it more to life for yourself. Another way that people talk about it is a kind of knowing, a kind of intuition, which again is something that women struggle to trust. We struggle to trust our own experience. We struggle to uh, feel and believe our own kind of intuition and even whether or not intuition exists, right? But what we're really talking about here are things that are at play below the level of your conscious awareness, below the level of your cognition. That's all. There's so much that goes on in our body-mind system that we can't track because it happens so quickly, because we don't have a way of understanding it. We can't see it. We can't touch it. There's so much that happens that we don't fully understand. And I want to invite you to consider the possibility that the more time you spend exploring these ideas and feeling into them, the better you can understand them. That sometimes it's not that you don't have it or that you can't access it. It's just kind of lack of exposure and experience and practice because it's there running But whether or not you're able to feel it has more to do with how much time have you spent paying attention to these parts of yourself, paying attention and leaning in and listening carefully, and then practicing taking action from that place. The other thing that I want to mention about power in relationship to pain is that when you have access to this power in yourself, you have space, right? Earlier I mentioned that power is spaciousness or spacious. Um, That is partly because it isn't threatened by having an emotion. Power isn't threatened by fear. It can encompass all that you can experience. It can encompass all the negative emotions, all the so-called positive emotions, all the so-called negative thoughts, all the so-called positive thoughts. It can encompass everything. 
it underlies everything. It runs through every experience that you could have. And so when you have, or when you start to develop this sense of power in yourself, it's kind of like a deep source of comfort that you can come home to, that you can reach into and connect with. And having access to that, can you see how that would really help to create a sense of safety? That if you start to have access to this power in yourself, that your sense of safety or your ability to feel safe would increase. And a sense of safety, establishing that in yourself is a key component to rewiring the pain pattern and breaking the cycle of pain. So I want to invite you to explore this through the next week and just explore where you feel a sense of disempowerment in your life and where, if anywhere, do you feel empowered? And kind of notice, you could write about this for yourself and just kind of notice how do these two things meet each other? Where's the where's the meeting point between a sense of disempowerment and a sense of empowerment? And what happens when these two things come together, right? Which one, which one seems to be stronger or more prevalent? And what else happens at that meeting point? It's an interesting place to explore in yourself. Some of the ways that you can start to develop this sense of power in yourself is through breath work, through the practices that I mentioned, like qigong and some of this, uh, some of these martial arts that help you to tap into this kind of dantian area of yourself. Singing, singing practice, right? Or just singing from your belly. That is a wonderful place, a wonderful way to practice and cultivate this source of power in yourself. Um, and also sensation scanning or what is also co- more commonly known as somatic tracking. That is also a wonderful way to develop this source of power in yourself and to cultivate it. And each time you do, allow yourself to kind of linger there and take note of the sensation of what it is to be, even if for a moment, empowered. What does that feel like? What does it mean to you? Where does it live in your body? And how do you know? Right? Just kind of let it live in an embodied way and let yourself explore it in a visceral, embodied way. What is the sensation? What does it feel like? And let yourself kind of linger in that place and see what happens if you start to uh, connect with that when you're in the line for coffee at your local coffee shop. What happens when you connect with it when you're in the car uh, sitting in a red light or in traffic? What happens when you connect with that, you know, just before you get out of bed in the morning? What happens when you start to explore an intentional connection to this felt sense of power inside you? Just starting to let it grow and let it, you know, kind of think of it as intermingling with other things that are present for you, right? If you go into a doctor's office, 
be aware. What is it like to try to connect to that here? Is, can I find it? Is it present? Can I access it? Or does it go away in the sense that out of my reach, is it difficult for me to uh, feel in this context or that context? And just let yourself play with, with being aware of it and calling, calling it up or leaning into it as you go throughout your week. And then let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear. You can send me a message at my email or you can uh, respond in the comments of this episode. That would be awesome. I'd love to hear your feedback. And have a wonderful week playing with this idea and exploring it in your body, not just your mind, but really in your body. And I'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in this week. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please leave me a review. You can click some stars on whatever platform that you're listening to or click share and share on social media. All that would be awesome. Share with people who you think might need to hear this message and to get this information. Also, if you're looking for more direct support, please reach out to me. You can do that by clicking the link below in the show notes that lead to a free consult call, or you can message me at molly at move to nourish.com. That's move to nourish.com. I offer a three month transformational pain relief program, which is an integrative holistic process where we cover all the bases and bring in all the neuroscience all the somatic practices and put them together in a way that works for you. So the way to do that is check out the links below. You can always reach out to me over at Instagram at move to nourish. That's move with the number two nourish. You can find me in the Facebook group from pain to freedom. And you can also find me at my website, www.movetonourish.com. That's move to nourish.com. Reach out. I'm here open ears, open heart, open mind, ready to support you if that's what you're looking for. Have a wonderful week, everyone. I'll see you soon. Bye.